Amplify, Creators of Color Podcast Network. Hello, 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 and welcome to Pearls of Blackness, Pearls of Wisdom Through the Lens of Black Culture. I am none other than Carissa Mosley-Jones, your official pearl bearer, and this month is February, so it's been a while since we have talked, and I have missed y'all. Have y'all missed me? I hope so. Um, a lot's been going on. Of course, we've still been surviving a pandemic, working from home, being a mommy to the most handsome brown boy ever, um, a wife, a daughter, and whatever else I need to be in this world right now. Um, but as I said, this month is February, and February is known as the month of love. Why? Because we celebrate Valentine's Day in um, the month of February on February the 14th. And so um, I decided that this week, because like I said, it's Valentine's um, season, we would talk about love. And I decided to bring a special guest on with me for um, these podcast episodes coming up. So I will go ahead and tell you that the um, February episodes will be a part one and part two of a series. um, And we're going to talk about black love, right? What does that look like? Uh, in in these days and times and why we feel that black love is black wealth. My special guest is my honey. I talk about him sometimes, my husband. um, I tell a lot of people he's my Boaz, right? Um, And if you know anything about the Bible, you can look that up or reference back to what a Boaz is in your life. But I do believe that my husband is the one that God kept for me. And so I want to share him with you all today. And I don't share him um, in these types of platforms often because he likes to stay behind the scenes. But he agreed to come on today. And we're like I said, we're going to talk about black love is black wealth. And I'm, that's the quote, right? So that is the pearl that I'm dropping with you today. And now we're going to get into it. So first, let me introduce you formally to my husband. His name is, uh, you want to tell people who you are? You want me to tell, you, tell them who you are? Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> hello. My name is William Elias Jones. How you guys doing today? <laughs> uh, but nobody calls him William unless he's at work, right? So the world knows him. Most of his friends in our social circle, his family, um, those that we hold dear, call him Eli. So everybody knows him as Eli, but his name is William. Um, And Eli and I um, met in kind of an unusual way. Um, We met back in uh, 2007 and we uh, hold the date that we met. We kind of hold it in high regard because it was all seven. So we met on July 7th of 2007. And uh, when you look at what the number seven means uh, spiritually, that is very significant for us. So um, we met in July of 2007 at an all white party uh, hosted by a really close friend of ours. His name is Jermaine Harper. We tell this story a lot. Um, And Eli um, thinks that I was eyeing him, but I really wasn't. I was actually pointing at him (laughs) to tell someone who he was. Of course, you know how stories conflict. He feels like, yeah, I, had, I was looking at him and I saw his arms because he has nice arms, most muscular arms. And he, he always tells people I saw his guns and he had me from there. But that's really not what happened. Um, he, he did have to woo me. OK, <laughs> that's not what happened. Um, but we met in July of 2007 and we began a friendship at that time. Um, we were both on different paths in life. And so we became friends and then we later uh, dated and we were boyfriend and girlfriend. Um, we at that time just had really great chemistry so we could talk about anything um, 
anything, anything from politics to finances, to the latest music, to what was going on in our city. Um, his friends welcomed me and embraced me. My friends did the same. And oftentimes we would hang out together. So we were really friends first. Um, then long story short, we um, had some life decisions that we just didn't agree on. So we went our separate ways, came back, um, right? Do you agree with that? That's we went correct. Our separate ways. Correct. Okay. Um, we came came back, continued to be friends. Um, we'd, we'd go out every now and then for dinner or hang out or whatever. But once again, we were on two different paths. And so we went those ways. Um, and Full Circle came back around 2010, I guess it was. 2000... I think we're... 10, we were still just kind of friends, I guess. Maybe around 12? Yeah, so around 2012 or so. Um, came back Full Circle and began to date again. And the rest is his story, her story, however history. Um, but we began to date. Um, we, were, we became exclusive. Um, and we decided that if we were gonna be together, we were gonna be together and we we're gonna do it do it the right way and devote our time, energy, um, and strength to one another. And so um, on January the 16th of 2016, he um, tricked me during a housewarming party that we were having. Um, well, he didn't trick me, but he surprised me by asking for my hand in marriage. And so we became engaged on January 16th of 2016. And we were married in August of 2016. So, and let me hold on because I know somebody somewhere looking like, dang, y'all got married fast. So um, we really didn't. We did, but we didn't. Um, and the reason for our short engagement was that, I'll let him tell you that. Well, why did we get engaged within and marry within eight to nine months. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the reason for that is that, you know, at that time I already knew. Um, so when we was going to have the housewarming, uh, I needed something just to make sure that she really wouldn't know uh, what was going on. So I had a conversation with her father at that time. Um, I know how important at that time that her father was important to her and that that would be the correct way uh, to go was to make sure that I received his blessing. Never did ask her mom because mm, it probably would have slipped out if I would have <laughs> asked her mom. So I had a conversation with her father and um, that's kind of, it's, it's not weird, but her, her father already has ties to, to my family, which is the Hartsfields. And my uncle who raised me, Ashley used to uh, drive a taxi and take her dad to the movie and different things like that. So, so that was already a ties there. Um, so I talked to him and I got his blessing. And then from there, I was like, okay, I need a good way to be able to do this that she doesn't have no idea at all. So I was like, perfectly this housewarming. Um, so people saying, hmm. Where they was buying a house together. Well, oh, yeah. Wait, I didn't tell y'all that. The housewarming party was for the house that we bought together as boyfriend and girlfriend. And hold on while you clutching your pearls. We had already agreed as boyfriend and girlfriend that if we bought this home and we did not work out, this was a business deal. We went half on everything. And so if we and if we hadn't worked out, we had to sell the house. Guess what? He was getting half of the profit and I was getting half of the profit. So, yes, we bought a house together and you can unclutch your pearls. <laughs> 
So, so that is correct. Uh, but I already, I already knew. And the thing was at the time I was dibbling, dabbling in real estate. And one thing that I was not going to do is, uh, own houses and then move to an apartment. So, uh, I was like, well, let's just buy a house. You know, it could be a business deal. And so we did that. And, um, I, I never did stay here, uh, for the record. No, he did not. Until we actually got married. Um, so, so, uh, we used the housewarming. So her dad knew, uh, she put me up until calling her pastor, you know, to ask him to bless the house. She was like, I ain't gonna call him and ask him. So, I, I called him, uh, and I can state his name. I'm sure he would be okay with it, uh, uh, Dr. Tanae Jordan. So I called him, and I said, hey, uh, Pastor Jordan, um, Carissa and I are purchasing a home, and, you know, we would like to do a housewarming, and we would like you to, to come in and, and bless our home. And he said, okay, all right. Then he said, well, let, let me ask you something. I said, okay, Pastor Jordan, what? He said, you know, I, you know, I, I know you from, from Bishop Smith and I know you grew up in church and, and different things. He said, but you know, Caritza, you know, has grown up with us all her life. And I look at her as another daughter. And he said, so, so what's your intentions? And I said, I plan to propose. He said, oh, okay, okay, okay. I don't need to know nothing else. That's it, that's it. I said, yeah. I said, so that's my intentions. I plan to propose to her. So I really wanted to uh, it to be special. And by the doing the housewarming, we could have all our family and friends here and then actually surprise her. So a, a few people on, only knew. So uh, on that date, um, at the end of the housewarming, uh, I, I did propose to her. And, and, and once he proposed and we got to talking about dates um, for the wedding, I always wanted to be a June bride. Well, clearly he had proposed to me in January, so there was no way possible uh, unless it was June of 2017 that we would be getting married in June. And he, um, and this is one thing you'll learn really quick nugget um, in relationships, you have to compromise and you talk things out. Right. And so when we were talking about that, he said, um, well, I just really don't want a long engagement. Like, I, I propose to you. I know you're going to be my wife. I, you know, I don't I don't see the reason to hold something out for a year and a half, pretty much. <clears throat> and so um, we began to talk about other days and times. And he kind of said, and I said, well, how long do you want to be engaged? And he said, I mean, I can do maybe about six to nine months. So I didn't want to be a winter bride. <laughs> and so I picked August and we were, um, we were married in August. Um, and so uh, from that point forward, we became Mr. and Mrs. Jones. And we used the um, hashtag throughout our, our pre-wedding festivities and for our wedding, we used the hashtag Love Jones. Um, and both of us love that movie, but um, Love Jones was what we were, um, our desire was to always make sure that whatever we were doing as the Joneses, that we were doing that in love. And so when Eli was talking, um, telling you kind of the story, the backstory of his dis, uh discussions with those important people in my life about proposing to me. Um, I 
hope you all picked up on some nuggets um, that I picked up early on in our friendship about how he valued family um, and how he valued my love for family and those in my family that were important to me. And not that he didn't want to tell my mama, but I'm an only child and I'm an only girl. So y'all know my mama would have been trying to make sure I was hooked all the way up for January 16th. So he went out and she probably would have forgotten. Uh, she said she wouldn't have, but she probably would have let that slip because my mom is just, that's my mama. But um, anyway, uh, I'm going back to him talking and uh, taking uh, that the time to have the conversation with my dad and taking the time to have the conversation with my pastor because for me and my life and what I also with uh, also saw in Eli was family and our relationships, our spiritual relationships without only our spiritual leaders, he mentioned Bishop Smith, who is um, his, not only his cousin, but his, their family um, pastor. I was called Bishop. He's the family pastor. Um, and he's a bishop in the Church of God in Christ. But um, also um, our parents and our the, those that have raised us and our, our spiritual fathers in our church, those things were very important. And those are the cornerstones to our lives. They were prior to us becoming one and they still are as we are one. And so um, that's another, another, another nugget, I'm sorry, that you can take with you that whatever you believe in, Whoever I feel God has ordained to be that person in your life, those things will connect. I'm pausing right there because sometimes I have um, in my previous relationships and I have friends that are in relationships. um, They'll tell you from previous experience or even current experience. Oftentimes we get in relationships with people and we want to fix them. We want to make them what we want them to be for us. Yeah. So I don't recommend it. Do you recommend that? You know no, you can't. You you can't fix a person. Now, I I do believe because uh, when you are dating, you you are learning people, and uh, I do believe that all of us has uh, things that we need to work on. So, therefore, I do think that uh, you can point out those issues, and then you can wait and see if that person will improve on those issues, and then you can go from from there because. People do change those those issues and circumstances, uh, and and do make those and do make them better. So I do think people can change under under that uh, point right there. Yeah, under that premise, yeah. And yeah. I agree with that too. People can. I feel like if they truly love you and want to be with you, then they're willing to make those sacrifices and do those changes for you, and vice versa. You should be willing to do those for them as well. And we we had some areas that we had to work on with that. So. That's pretty much our story. We have been Mr. and Mrs. William Elias Jones since August 20th of 2016. So to go back to what I said our topic was for these episodes is Black Love is Black Wealth. And I'm attributing that to a um, a back, probably a 2018. Yeah, we've probably been married about two years. A friend of mine, and I've mentioned her before, Kristen Harris, was doing a movement um, during the month of February called Black Love is Black Wealth. And it was a celebration of Black marriage. And, um, you know, we see that all the time in social media. You see the hashtags all the time behind couples pictures or wedding pictures or family pictures. And it's always black love is black wealth. And that's pretty profound. And it can mean a lot of things. What I like that Chrissy did was she asked each couple that she spotlighted what black wealth and uh, meant to them. Black love is black wealth meant to them. And I want to share with you all um, what Eli and I came up with for our submission. And when I say came up with us, because we sat down and we talked about what that meant. So, you know, he told me what he felt that meant. I told him what I felt that meant. And um, ironically enough, um, our, our, our ideas, they actually corresponded with one another. And so 
This is the Joneses' take on Black Love is Black Wealth um, that was spotlighted in that series back in 2018. Um, we said that Black Love is Black Wealth means more, mean, I'm sorry, means that, hold on. This is the Joneses' take on what Black Love and Black Wealth is. We said that Black Love is Black Wealth means that we take what strengths, skills, and assets we both have to offer individually and collectively to make our marriage, family, and community better. It means working together to create not only financial wealth, but more importantly, wealth in meekness, kind-heartedness, compassion, and agape love for not only one another, but for all that come in contact with our marriage covenant. It is our desire to leave a footprint for many generations to come. And so, um, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I, I kind of had an outline in my head of where I wanted to go with that. But now reading back on what we said, um, a few tidbits that I want to share about you really quickly, and I'm not going to go into detail about them um, because it is our personal lives. But Eli and I um, come from untraditional um, families of origin. So um, Eli um, has biological parents um, that were in, in his life and instrumental in his life, but he was not raised by his biological parents. You don't mind me saying that, dude. You're I just said it, so I should ask, huh? You're fine. <laughs> but um, but it, it's a it's a beautiful thing because the relationships he's had with he has and has had with all um individuals that were part of his upbringing are are amazing to me, and I, I really admire him for that and the love and compassion that he extends to all of those individuals who are part of his upbringing. And I'm thankful for him. Thankful to them for him because they all poured into who I get to spend the rest of my life with. Now, um, I also come from a non-traditional family in that my parents were not married, um, but I had had an uh, amazing father who is no longer with us. Um, Eli's parents, fathers are no longer um, with him as well. Um, We had amazing male influences in our, in our lives, in in our parents' parental roles. And um, my mom is still here and she, she's amazing. My mom is unique. (laughs) Um, and and, and my mother-in-law is unique as well Um, but we love them um, all the same and they all are able to provide something for us so I want to share that because when he and I um, talked about marriage prior to him proposing to me um, when we talked to have those discussions had those discussions I'm sorry we talked about why marriage was important to us and what we felt like our marriage or a marriage um, to someone uh could do for us and change the trajectory of um, our family's generational, um, I don't want to say curses, I'll say obstacles, um, but also just to, to to create a different trajectory for our family units. And so, um, and when I read back over what we said, that is important um, because we take our marriage covenant seriously. Now, we struggle just like every other married couple because we're two people who have become one. We weren't halves, we were two whole people. <laughs> who became one whole married couple. I hear a lot of people say, oh, he's the half that makes me whole. She's the half that makes me whole. I didn't want a half a man. I wanted a whole man. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and vice versa. So um, I believe that two whole people make a whole marriage better. And so we talk a lot about that. And like I said, our spiritual background is is what leads us there. And so throughout this conversation in these two episodes, we're going to be dropping um, what we call little um, nuggets or uh, pieces of wisdom. And of course, I call them pearls to you all about what we feel makes a black marriage um, last and what 
love looks like um, for us. And we, this year, we will celebrate five years of marital bliss. <laughs> um, we will celebrate five years of that in August. And I'm excited about it. Um, 2021, I feel like it's going to be very promising for the Joneses. And so we're excited about what God is going to do in our lives. So um, we've talked a little bit and kind of shared some nuggets with you already. Um, but as we continue to have a conversation, I told him I want us to be able to just kind of talk um, and have a dialogue. We hope that you're able to take something away from this, right? So going back to what we said um, in Black Love is Black Wealth, we talked about the marriage covenant. We talked about how we would how we believe that that means taking your strengths and skills and assets that you have to offer individually and collectively to make your marriage, family, and community better. Um, so uh, we do have a family. We had a family prior to us having our own child. So when I married Eli, um, I inherited three of the best assets I could have ever in, in, inherited. Okay. So I have three bonus babies. Um, and I called them my bonus babies because, um, but when I met them, they were able to feed clothes and take care of themselves pretty much. And that was a bonus for me as a stepmom. Okay. <laughs> because I didn't have to do any raising, um, it, at that, to that level. Um, but we do have a blended family and we love, um, our children and, uh, we, we love the way, the way our blended family works with their moms and so forth and so on. But that's also something that you have to be able to be willing to do when you love a person, you, when you love a person, you take everything that comes along with them. So me loving Eli meant loving his three children and meant loving his, uh, siblings because he's very close to his siblings. He's the baby sibling, but he's very close to them. They are very close set of siblings. And so that meant me loving his siblings. I love my in-loves. They know I love my in-loves. Shout out to the Hartsfield family, the Hartsfield Price family. They know I love my in-loves and they love me. I don't question that at all. They love me before I was ever a Jones, ever married to this family. They embrace me. They love me. My I call them my aunties. They're Eli's aunties, but they love, I love my in-loves. Um, and they, they, like I said, they love me. And then Eli marrying me um, had to be able to love me of course, and I ain't gonna say I'm easy to love sometimes. Uh, I am an only child in the baby of the family, so y'all know what that looks like. And uh, I'm, I was pretty spoiled by yes. my by my parents um, and my older siblings. They spoiled me too, my cousins and aunties. So, uh, but I was self sufficient. But um, that that's not always easy to do. But he came in um, and he loved on uh, my family. Uh, sometimes I felt like he and my dad I used to be like, um, "Well, I'm your kid." My daddy would just. I was called looking for Eli and I'm like, but I'm your kid. Um, you know, my mother does that. Um, my brothers, um, uh, my, my sisters, my nieces, everybody just, he was uncle Eli and, and bro from the beginning. And I am very thankful to them for that. So we do come from a family that believes in being committed to, um, to one another with that. And let's talk about the strengths. How so collectively, um, we have strengths together and then individually we have strengths together. And what, um, what I think I'll do is I'll, I'll let Eli tell you about some of what he feels are my strengths. And I'll tell you about some of the, the strengths that I feel are Eli's strengths. And then you'll probably kind of see how some of those coincide um, and we're able to benefit from one another collectively. So you want to talk about it? Ladies first. Oh, okay. See, oh, so chivalry is not dead in our household, as you can see. Um, but Eli has a lot of strengths. So I'll point out just a few. Um, one is that Eli has a keen sense for um, analysis. Eli is a very logistical person. He's a very analytical person. He sits and thinks things through. And I say he sits and thinks things through. Now, he's not an overthinker. 
Now, I'm an overthinker. Um, but Eli is very thorough in his thought process and he does not make decisions without analyzing and uh, looking at the logistics of what that decision looks like. And I'm thankful for that because um, one of my weaknesses is I can be impulsive and just, that's what I want. That's what I'm about to go get. That's what I'm about to do. And so um, he compliments me in thinking things through and helping me to think things through. So I can always, I, I, he's one I can go to and bounce ideas off of. He's my person um, in a lot of ways, but in that aspect, he's really my person. Because if I have an idea, I never um, proceed forth without praying about it and uh, talking to Eli about it, okay? And so he's very analytical. He is very compassionate and giving. So um, if Eli has it and you need it, you probably are going to get it. Okay. If if you reach out to him and and there's something that he can do to help you um, physically, financially, supportive in any way, um, he he is that. And so I love that about him because he has a a very giving heart. He has a very open heart. Um, But that I I know comes from the family that he comes from because you can see that in any one of them. Um, Eli is... Um, as the man in my life, being my as my boyfriend and as my husband, Eli never wants to see me um, hurt or struggle or be stressed out about anything. So when I go to him for stuff, if he feels like it's stressing me or it's hurt me or whatever, he wants to fix it. So he's a fixer, right? Um, and that's just a male. I think that's a male, a male, a male um, trait. But that is a strength for me because um, when I feel like I can't, he always is able to. And so um, that, that's one strength that I feel like he has. And uh, lastly, um, other than being loving and all that other stuff, Eli is financially savvy, okay? Financially savvy. So um, he is anything numbers, money related, he, he thinks it through. So I never have to worry about not being financially sound in our marriage or our household not being financially sound. I feel very secure that anything that happens or comes, um, we don't have to worry about being able to survive or or be or have to lose anything. Um, and I learned that very on with early with Eli. And I talked about him being a fixer and a protector. Um, I remember I was working a job and I hated it. I hated it. I hated it. I used to cry. <laughs> I did not want to go to work. And of course, having um, coming from a family that always taught me how to save too, I would save up money and then Eli would encourage me to save a little more. And so we were talking and I, one day we were just talking and he said, um, Carissa, just quit. And I was like, I can't quit my job. <laughs> and he was like, just quit. He was like, if you hate that job that bad, quit. And I will help you with your needs, not your wants. I will help you with your needs, not your wants, if you need them. Um, And so that let me know then that as the man in my life, he was concerned about my sanity and my self-care and me being happy and what I was doing. But he also was able to provide for me. And I've never felt uh, from that moment on that I would ever have to worry about that. And so those are the main strengths that I feel like Eli has. We have so many so many more. Um, but relationship wise, those were things that really stuck out to me that not only was he loving and compassionate, um, but he was those things and he's very, um, spiritually grounded. So that's the last strength I will point out that I feel like for him, he's very spiritually grounded. And because of my raising, I always 
felt like the man of my home should be that next to God. So it should be God, the head of my household, and then me, right? That's how that's supposed to go. And so dating Eli, I never had to worry about if I married him that I would have to be the spiritual leader in my home. He is the spiritual leader in our home. And I am very thankful for that. So that's the last strength I'm going to share with you about him right now. Wow, that's a that's a lot, man. I sound pretty good. I was over here patting myself on the back, giving well, myself kudos with that. No, I just think man. those are things that women should look for: um, being financially sound and protected, um, physically as well, and, and and that you want that spiritual that spiritual grounding. So I'll start off. Uh, we're talking about some of the strengths. Um, so I'm going to say the first one that. Uh, uh, giving. Caritza is is uh, very giving. And when I say giving, we're talking about of her time, uh, of her, her, her talents. Um, as, as, as we know, she, she does sit on the school board and that does take uh, time of giving. And, and especially as it relates, relates to others and kids, she's very giving. And so that's kind of was one of the reasons why she actually ran for uh, school board to assist and help and to, to advocate uh, for the kids of Hamilton County. Um, and when it comes to her family, uh, even though she's the youngest sibling, um, she does she does the same thing. Uh, and, and when you look and see how the relationship between her and her father was and of her time and anything that she can do to assist and help him. I watched her uh, do that even to the point where her father actually stayed with us for, I think almost a year, which I loved it and enjoyed it because we both were news people and we watched the news and sports all, all day long, me. all day long. We watched <laughs> the news and sports. <laughs> And so, but when you watch that and you just see that, uh, uh, so she's a, she's, she's a giver. One of the things, uh, uh, a family person, she's, she, as I said earlier, as it relates to her, her parents, um, uh, I think every single day she's talking to, you know, her, her, her mom, uh, she, she's those, those special days, uh, whether it's birthdays, whether it's, uh, death, uh, anything she's uh made sure that she communicates with her family um and so i pretty much do the same thing so that was just one of those traits because i do have a close family and uh so i wanted someone who i married who could actually just come in and and plug in and we just keep it moving um She's a she's a very uh, supportive person. Now, this is this is one thing that I definitely found out before we ever even got married. Um, so I'm one of those people who probably procrastinate. Uh, I, I think that's a strong strength for me, even though you guys may not think so. <laughs> no, uh, it's not. <laughs> I'm one of those guys who procrastinate. But uh, as I would do different things and need paperwork done, if it's updating resumes, if it's writing a paper or something, anything that it was, you know, uh, I would uh, ask Carissa and I would say, hey, uh, 
help me do this. And that kind of almost turned into uh, going to do that for me, you know, a little bit, put more of her time in. And, and I'm one of them to say, this is all you got to do. This is it. All you got to do is this. So I'm I'm going to throw one or two things out there and she might take it and, and run with it. Uh, and one of the big things was uh, very uh, trustworthy person. So as we were dating and I would deal with uh, different real estate deals and different things like that, uh, I trusted Carrizo with um, with money. And that's, that's a big thing because... Um, as it relates to finance, my uncle who raised me would always tell me, you pay your bills. Uh, you may not have the money, but credit is a lot. Credit means a lot. And so as he would raise me, he would pay his bills. But he always stated, if I go somewhere and apply for something, I don't have to stress my head and be worrying as if it's going to go through or not. I know it is because he actually pushed uh, having good credit. So I was able to trust her with uh, whether it's my debit card, whether it's my credit card, uh, just that money. So I was able to trust her with that Um now, you know, uh, we're talking about um, uh, those traits, but Carissa is, she's, those who know her, she's, she's a smart, intelligent person. Uh, so sometimes I'm at all myself as I sometimes sit back and listen to how she communicates things. She has a, a way a unique way of, of saying things. Uh, she can tell you off and uh, it sounds pretty, pretty good. You know, <laughs> as, she, as she's, <laughs> you, you know, mean? it sounds pretty good. Where, you know, my tell off might be a look, look different than hers. And, so you're and, just a little and, and the words are probably no longer than five <laughs> words or something like that. You know, that's my tell off where hers might even tell a word that might be a, a 10 words you know, 10 letters long. Uh, so she, she's very intelligent. And uh, like I said, sometimes I'm amazed when I uh, hear her articulate different different things. Um, so I'll stop right there. There's plenty more things. I think she's a very compassionate person. And then, of course, on the spiritual side, I wanted someone that we, we could... Uh, you know, go to church to together uh, that we could uh, talk about uh, the word of God together. Um, and then we can also, you know, raise our child up in the church as, as, as well in those spiritual uh, values. Okay. So yeah, so, yeah. See, I told y'all and he found a good thing in me. You know, the scripture tell you that the man that finds the wife finds a good thing. Well, I'm that good thing. Um, but he's my good thing as well. Um, but we, we play a lot about that <laughs> with each other. Um, so we talked about what we had to offer individually and collectively to make our marriage work and our family. And everything that I think we share both about us and the strengths that we have, we, we pour those down into the other facets of our life. So our family, our employment, um, and the community work. And I want to emphasize the community work because, um, what I, one thing that I love about Eli is that, um, 
we do a lot of things together. Um, and we also have times when we were able to be our own individual persons. But I feel like the things that we do collectively together as a, as a unit um, are very significant. Um, and so we, we both mentioned that each one of us is a giver and we are. So we're a part of a, of a fund, a giving circle um, called the Sankofa Fund for Civic Engagement. And that's something that Eli and I joined as a couple, just boyfriend and girlfriend dating. Um, I think, yeah, the conversation came up dating with that. So we started that dating. And then when we got married, of course, we continued that. And that is a very big deal for us um, because we like to ensure that the people that we surround ourselves with, um, we don't always want, we don't want yes people in our lives, of course. You know, you want somebody, true friends are able to tell you when you're right and when you're wrong. But we do like to be around people, like-minded people. And so Sankofa is a group that um, we do community-based that is, we do that together. So that's something that we do together. And another thing that we do together, and people often feel like I do alone, um, but it's, it's my role as a school board member. And so Eli mentioned that. Um, we do that together. He allows me as my husband, I feel like, to, um, to be... Uh, a public servant. Like he shares me with Hamilton County. I, I believe that wholeheartedly that he and my family share me with Hamilton County and they are um, proud to do that. They, they are um, supportive of me and my endeavors um, as a public servant. And I, I really want to give him a shout out because he's been supportive of that since I sat down um, one evening and told him, hey, I think I'm going to run for school board. And when I decided to run for school board, that was 2014. So this is long before he ever asked for my hand in marriage. Um, but he uh, he ran that race right alongside me. He didn't. He always says he stood in the background, but I don't believe that's the case. I felt like Eli was right there sometimes um, probably pushing me and carrying me the way the footprints form was because there were days when I was really discouraged or or just didn't have it in me. And he would push me for that. So that win, not only when I ran in 2014, that win was not only for the children in the district that I represent, but that win was for us as a unit and for everybody else to make our community better. And so um, there are things that he does through his fraternity. I do through my sorority. Shout out to Delta Sigma Theta and Kappa Alpha Psi. Um, but we support each other in those endeavors and whatever that looks like. Um, we are very big on giving back and pouring in and paying it forward to other people because we talk about this a lot as well. Um, people poured into us. We are who we are as Eli and Caritza and collectively because people poured in and gave their time, their talent and their tent to us. And so we, um, we agreed to do that as a couple that we would give back. And so um, we 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 cut checks and we give a lot of time and we bring people into our home and we spend a lot of time um, being mentors and, and, and hoping to be encouragement to others to tell them um, we were just like you, but you can be better than us, not like us, but be better than us. And that's what we strive to do. We tell our children that um, our nieces, our nephews, our siblings, sometimes we encourage them um, as well and, and vice versa. And so I did want to share that as well, that I think what you do um, co individually, collectively and community impact are important um, in a marriage. Would you say that? It's very important. Um, so Eli, <laughs> it's very important. Like he's trying to yield to me. Don't be trying to... Don't be trying to yield to me. He got something to say. Um, but uh, that that's very important. And... I want to talk about, we mentioned that what we do was important to our marriage covenant um, because when we got married, um, we didn't just have a wedding. You know, some people get caught up in the hype of a wedding, right? They get caught up in the hype of a wedding. And so um, getting caught up in the hype of a wedding, <clears throat> excuse me, oftentimes makes you forget about 
the marriage. And so Eli and I, we always, when planning the wedding and going through our pre-wedding festivities, we always talk about, yeah, this is all great and this is going to be really nice, but we are going to live and be married after this. And so we have to make sure that everything is in place for that. Um, and ultimately, it didn't matter if we were getting married in church or if we were getting married at uh, the courthouse or in the pastor study or wherever. Our important, uh, most important desire was in getting married that we um, we place value and we respect the marriage covenant that we would have not only with one another, but with God. And so um, that's really important. Whether you believe in God as we do and we are Christians, um, but whatever you believe in, when you're making a marriage covenant, you're not just doing that to the other person, but you're doing that to whatever higher being that you believe in because there, there is a connection there and we believe in that. So we went through counseling. We did um, because we um, we believe that communication is key. And I think that has been the biggest thing that um, has held us together as a couple that we were friends first and we've always been able to communicate about any and everything when I say y'all be amazed some nights <laughs> what the conversations we have about things but we're able to communicate about a lot of things um, but we did seek um, premarital counseling because we felt that was important that was that final step before we got ready to stand before God and and the witnesses our family and friends we wanted to make sure that all eyes were dotted all T's were crossed um, that was quite interesting, wasn't it? Very interesting. <laughs> and, and and the thing about our premarital counseling is it's that uh, those things that you actually might like and love in an individual can also be those same things that y- you really kind of dislike a little bit or could be a hindrance. And, and so what I mean by that is that you you like the fact that this person is a a a giver and then we say giver or time but then you may not like the fact that this person goes out and give their time or it might come to that now this person is giving too much time right so um we found out through premarital counseling that you know Ashley one of those things that she actually liked so much it was still one of those things was like, okay, so how are you going to deal with this? Yeah, because it was a struggle. <laughs> and, and, and so, and, and one of those things, uh, as she as she stated that, uh, have a close family. And, and, and so, uh, even though we have men in the family, they may be at different at different states, uh, we we all do. Some may just send money in because they're not here. Uh, we're all very supportive, but I probably became known as that man in the family that when they call, whether they need someone physically to come move something, someone to kind of fix something, someone to kind of assist with that, then I was that person. And my wife, you know, she was looking at that as, okay, I still got to sh- share that piece. So how do you balance? So th- that was one of the things that she liked about me, but we had to kind of talk about that in premarital counseling because that was one of those same things that she was like, hey, okay, how are you going to balance this? Yeah, and, and it was because I wanted him to still be able to be whatever he needed to be for his family, but then I needed him to be whatever he needed to be here too. So those are things that we talk, we talked about and so th- those are just some nuggets. We kind of gave you some background today on what are kind of like our, our pillars in our marriage and the grounding principles for that. Um, next episode, we're going to go a little bit more in depth and we're going to we're going to share 
uh, um, some, some several things with you that we feel are key takeaways that we have found in our five years of marriage and, um, and even just in, in our experiences from dating into marriage and how that has helped us to be where we are and to make it to five years of marriage because that is a blessing. Everybody doesn't make it that far and we are thankful that we have made it this far and we pray um, that God continues to allow us to remain united um, in, in that marriage covenant. So we're not going to hold you too much more longer today. I do want to share with you, I know I'm not giving you a takeaway. I tell you to, <clears throat> that I'm empowering you to do something. So what I'm going to empower you to do um, from this episode is to sit back. And if you're in a relationship, uh, sit back and evaluate um, the strengths and the qualities um, that you bring to individually to your relationship and or marriage, um, what you all bring to each other collectively. And if you're not married um, and, and you're not in a relationship and you're you're living in single uh, singleness, that's okay too, because guess what? When it's time for you to be with the one that God has kept for you, that will happen. But in the meantime, think about how you can continue to grow yourself um, and, and, and self-care and taking care of you. Because I will tell you, as when I was single, I always made sure to make sure that I was doing what I needed to do to align myself, not only to um, what I felt God had called me to do, but to God and that I was adhering to what he was telling me to do. And I felt like when I aligned myself, that's when um, everything with my husband or at that time, my boyfriend, it fell into place. I had to do some things that I knew I hadn't been doing as well. Um, so take some time out and, and just kind of evaluate and, and think about um, what are you? What are your strengths individually? If you're in a couple um, situation, what are your strengths individually and collectively? And then with those strengths, what are you doing to impact not only your relationship or your life, but what are you doing to impact your family? What are you doing to impact your community? Because I am a firm, firm believer and we, uh, I feel safe and saying this about Eli, we are firm believers that God gives everybody skill sets and gifts for a reason, and they're not for you to keep them to yourselves. So what are you doing um, to impact the community? People often tell us that we lead very busy lives. How y'all do all of that? Um, the pandemic, of course, has slowed us down. But pre-pandemic, they'd always say, y'all always doing something, y'all always something, y'all just so busy. And our response back to them was, well, how about you join us or become busy, then you won't know we're busy. And I know that sounds kind of sarcastic, but it was like, join the work, get in the work with us or find what brings you pleasure and allowing you to um, give back as well. Because we believe that um, God gives us and blesses us to be a blessing to one another. So until next time, Pearl Bears, um, this is your girl, Carissa Mosley Jones. Have a great week. Amplify is a podcast network made up of people of color and operating out of Chattanooga, Tennessee. Amplify is a project of Rise Chattanooga, a minority-based cultural arts nonprofit organization focused on community education, performance, and arts and cultural preservation. You can find all of the podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and risecha.org. Thank you so much for listening.